Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets so. up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Rod Babers, I'm going to need your help with this. I want the listening audience to take a look at their clock, and no matter what time it reads, what does it mean, Rod? Oh, you still sucks! Thank you, Woo! sir. It's a beautiful thing. Dude. It is a Red River Victory Edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. Look, does the team need to move on from the win? Yes. Does Tom Herman need to get the team ready to go play Baylor? Absolutely. Do we have to move on? Absolutely not. We can enjoy this <laughs> one as long as we want. And we're going to do it this week on the Blitz. Yeah, sports is a playground. During the, during the Baylor game, we're still going to be talking about OU a little yes. bit. Yes. <laughs> like, hey, you guys remember that tunnel screen that popped for 20 yards <laughs> last week? Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about the OU game. We'll also get you ready for Baylor. As ninth-ranked Texas, Texas is back in the top ten in the AP poll for the first time since 2010 before everything went to hell in a handbasket around here. Hmm. Starting oh, to turn that corner, wow. fellas, slowly. It's like a battleship, but it's starting to turn. You just, just gave me a flashback to that UCLA bit. game whenever it was like, oh, man, this is not good in uh, 2010. No, it was before that Iowa State game was when it hit uh, it hit, hit, you. No, it hit the Shan for me. Because like, they, oh, Nebra- well, they beat Nebraska they beat the week Nebraska before. That year. And you're I'm thinking, saying. hey, all right. I was like, okay, you know what? They're not so bad. No, <laughs> they're really, Iowa State is like, no, they're really bad. We yeah. were talking about GD <laughs> earlier, and that Garrett Gilbert box score is one fun one to look at. And they've been showing that Nebraska game on LHN this offseason. I watched it. That was fun. It's not as fun as the K-State box score from that year where oh. I think Garrett Gilbert threw like 59 passes. Still a school record. Or something. Is it 59, man? Yep, still a school record. And mm. I think five picks. Colin Klein beat Texas throwing the ball I think literally four times. I think it was like two for four passing. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. stop him running. Yeah, it was matter. two completions because that was the stat always <laughs> that uh, two completions beat Texas. But that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you run for like nine hundred yards, that was a pre- that was a preview to the Taysom Hill that would mm. later. I was happen. getting flashbacks <laughs> last night too, watching Taysom exactly. Hill. Taysom Hill, hey, you know what? Taysom Hill's killing it in the league. You know yes. what? Sean Payton finding a way to use him there on everything. Go. So, hey, Longhorn fans, don't feel so. The bad. white Vince Young at one the time. The white Vince Young. White What'd you call him, Rod? V White. The V White man. Yes, he was cold out there though, with a with a knee brace on. We you know, watched that me. game. That game that ended. Longhorn bitch or Longhorn blitz pitcher. <laughs> wow, that's a mixture of all of them together. But that actually, yeah, uh, that's the picture that you see on our SoundCloud page, and that's from a Taysom Hill game. Oh, that is that true. game in Provo ended with a defensive coordinator getting fired, and Mike Stoops got Diazed after yep. this game. Oh, uh, great word. Yes. I like that. Diazed. <laughs> so <laughs> let let me go ahead and season changes <laughs> a Diaz. Let me go Texas. ahead and bring in, with all due respect to Manny Diaz, who has proven himself to be a worthy. Very true. FBS defensive Shout out to Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me bring in the rest of the team. He's the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how did you enjoy this Texas OU weekend? Oh, man, it was a good one. And like I was telling our boy Rod, who had a birthday over the weekend, it couldn't right. have been better for him being that Texas beat Oklahoma Astros win. Then you have the Texans take on the Cowboys. Boom. So it's a good sports weekend. I got to watch it with our buddy Travis that does our video stuff normally. And then, yeah, I couldn't believe how it was unfolding. It was a shootout. It sort of felt like a modern-day version of like that Eight game with just you know haymaker after haymaker. Aren't the Cougars still really good right now? Houston, Houston? Cougars good. I uh, I'll Houston look it up. Cougars. I, I believe major athletic Cougars are doing pretty good. I think they beat Tulsa this last week. This may week. be one look. of the best times in the history of Houston sports. Actually, they think about the because obviously a lot of those are local fans in H Town, and then you got the Texans with the win over the Cowboys, and then the Astros, of course, on their way too. So yeah, that's pretty good. That, that rarely happens. I don't know if that's ever happened. I still get freaked out looking at U of H's schedule and seeing they're first in the American West, like the AAC, and I'm like the American League West. Like what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> the AL West. Uh, yeah, it even they, yeah. is red also. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there you go. Houston uh, representing. And you know what? Good weekend. My birthday was on <laughs> Texas OU, uh, Texas OU game day. So yes. that's always a good thing. Belated birthday yeah. to the third member of our team, our lockdown corner here on the show, Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 acres where he earned his degree. His tearing is on the way, and when he gets it in, he will wear it proudly. But nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you Rod, for the intro, brother. So I want to start this look back at a 48-45 win for Texas over Oklahoma. Let's do it. With a couple of superlatives, the 48 points, the most points scored by Texas in the history of this rivalry. And, guys, Texas did it with no non-offensive touchdowns. That's 48 all by Cameron Dicker and the offense. Yeah, Cameron Dicker, who now becomes a legend. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why his family hasn't done it yet. I haven't seen <laughs> enough T-shirts. No I want the Dicker family to get the money from this, people. We should not be trying to make money off the Dicker family. That's why I have not started making the T-shirts, okay? We're just we reminding simple, everybody about it. All right, Cameron the Dicker. All right, we can, you know, Dicker right down the middle. Whatever it is, whatever pun you want to come up with. It's one of those things that we all feel good with the Dicker puns because – First of all, his family has had this name forever, so I'm sure his family probably has the best puns out of any of us. Yeah. But then it's one of those things that it sounds dirty, but it's not dirty because that's his name. It just sounds <laughs> dirty. It's like Niggly Wiggly. You know what I mean? Like Nick, you know what I mean? I don't know what is? that is. So you know what Niggly Wiggly is? No, no. I know. Sounds like a racial slur, but it's not. <laughs> yes. A Niggly Wiggly is that little white thing in your Hershey's Kisses. Oh wow! That little white thing that coming white, out. Yeah. That is a niggly wiggly. All right. Very opposite. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like a a, fl- a fluffy nutter. You know what a fluffy nutter is? No, but you know I've actually heard of is? this. All right. It is a it is a sandwich that is marshmallow and peanut butter I with white have bread. Seen that. That's a fluffer nutter. But it sounds dirty. It sounds a lot enough. cleaner than yes. niggly wiggly. That is Dicker the Kicker. It sounds dirty, but it's not. You can yes. say it out loud, and the kids can say it too. Dicker the Kicker, who's now a hero. That guy's he gonna is. be a hero for years to come. So Cameron Dicker uh kicks field goals, the offense scores touchdowns. Texas five for five in the red zone on this deal. I believe it's only the second time ever Texas has gotten five hundred yards of total offense or more against Oklahoma. The Offense scores on eight of 13 drives, scored on seven of their first nine. Guys, that's where we really need to start. And it starts with Mike Stoops, who, you know, if you'd have told me, if you'd have told me back in 2003, back when Oklahoma, Rod, and you were part of some of these, had a pretty convincing run of success against Texas, if you'd have told me back then that Mike Stoops would have a quote after the game where he said the following, let me find the quote because this shows you how much show prep I do. <laughs> I read it when you tweeted do. it, though. I did see that, yeah, and we the talked physicality. about it physicality. Yeah. As in I don't it's do the show rare. prep at all. Okay, this was Mike Stoops' quote after the game, and this is a partial quote because Twitter, you can only get so many characters in there. <laughs> I thought they played more physical than we did today. That's an area we obviously need to get better in, just our physicality across the board. Yeah. Holy Chicago, Rod. Texas knocks Mike Stoops out of Norman. They KO Oklahoma. And talking to the Texas players after the game, they said there was a point in the third quarter where they could kind of feel Oklahoma's will starting to break. And I know we talked about explosive plays. We talked about a lot of things with this game. But for me, this game always boils down to who wins the battle at the line of scrimmage and who is the more physical football team. And once again in this series, they haven't always won the game. But Texas was the more physical football team than Oklahoma. It, it usually materializes in the running game. Uh, that's why the winner of the rushing battle usually wins, what, 80% of the time. This is one of those rare occurrences where it did not materialize in the running game. I think Oklahoma wins the rushing battle. Not that yeah. on that Kyler Murray big run. And we can get they into win that the rushing too, battle. Yeah. I think where you saw the physicality of Texas, and this is – I actually can't think of a Texas OU game where I saw the physicality materialize on this level. Maybe – uh, maybe like 08, maybe back in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you saw it actually on the edges. You saw it with the Texas wide receivers going up against their DBs. Mm-hmm. That's where we saw the physicality right. advantage. It was crazy. Everything like from yeah, physicality like we, to size. They, yeah, exactly. They, and they weren't, like I said, they weren't running great routes, little Jordan Humphrey and Connor Johnson. They just were kind of punking Oklahoma DBs. That, that route tree didn't have a lot of branches on it, it on Saturday. It reminded me of all, you ever watch DJ, DeAndre Hopkins run a route? Oh, my God. Like, it's never really a great route. He just goes and runs up to the DB and just f- finds a way to punk Give the me DB. Give something. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he, want, he wants the physicality. He wants that DB to put his hands on him. That way he knows, no, oh, I'm going to win this advantage. The, the, the you can advantage box him out like a rebound. against DeAndre Hopkins, yes, yeah, you don't, you don't want to touch him. Like, stay away from him. He's got to break on his routes because he doesn't run BJ really Foster clean, him. smooth routes. He's got 
great hands, and he knows if I get just a tad of separation, throw the ball in my vicinity, my catch radius is awesome, and my hands are unbelievable. And Texas had kind of one of those games with the wide receivers. Yeah, the defensive backs for Oklahoma were terrible, and we talked about how bad the defense was. But they didn't. it wasn't like a, a great route-running like, uh, exhibition for the wide receivers. They just kind of punked those DBs, yeah. and they ran a lot of slants, a lot of inside cuts. I, I thought it was interesting that that's where we saw the physicality advance for Texas, not necessarily dominating in the trenches on either side, but on the edges, on the outside yeah. with the wide receiver. And not only winning those 50-50s, that sometimes will come up just to the perfect, like how Jeff was talking about, when you first have physicality, but then you add, like, say, competitiveness, and then you are maybe as good or better of an athlete in as good or better of a shape. When all those things start to go in your favor, you can see how you can out-endure another good team. And when you look at Texas, the other difference when we talked about it the last couple of weeks was these playmakers that were freshmen, like, who knows if you win the USC or the if the USC game t- – goes in the tide it goes following the Stearns block in return or say the picks in the K-State game or the return by Ingram in K-State like we were saying these differences were last year you were losing one score games and some of these games seemed like the freshman who Texas didn't have last year was the one coming through and this game was the same situation you saw those runs of Ingram that were so big breaking through I think like 13 carries almost had 100 yards you see Dicker you had such kicking issues for the last five years and then like the biggest maybe late defensive play that you see B.J. Foster knocking the ball down DB and making tackles out in space and these are players that when you're adding those to what you already had as the foundation you can really see this team improve quickly the way that you saw sort of that first group at Ohio State I don't want to compare this to them but it's a good comparable one when Herman was there when Michael Brewer from Lake Travis for Virginia Tech went in and beat Ohio State early in the year but that team with a ton of young players like Michael Thomas and Ezekiel Elliott and I think it was like a you had Von Bell, but that big class that they had and brought in all JT those Barrett players. Was a that, freshman. Exactly, yeah. all those play a year two quarterback in the situation by game fifteen, game sixteen, they're way better than they were in game one. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but you mentioned the physicality thing. I think Sam Ellinger is also yeah. what he's talking about. You talk about. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it was in the trenches necessarily where they felt where Texas imposed their will and made, and Texas was more physical, yeah, even though they didn't win the rushing battle. You can't. That's it was, saying, yeah. And the, the, the leading tackles for for Texas were the safeties. Right. The leading tackles were Caden. Well, I believe Brandon Jones, Caden Stearns, and B.J. Foster. It was on the edges where Texas actually solidified themselves as the more physical team. That didn't materialize in the stats, and, and no. Sam Elling was a big part of that. That 230-pound quarterback, Bam Bam Sam, running downhill on you. That's, that's what's the trump card. That's, that's, what's what's a, yeah, <laughs> that's the guy he's talking about. He didn't say it specifically, it. but that's who he's talking about. That's the guy. Uh, th- that's the area that's I'm talking about, Rod, is, is if you look at the box score, you'd say, well, how was Texas the more physical team? But when you look at the, the passing yardage and you look at the rushing yardage and the disparity there, you know, it's the old Mike Leach theory. Your screen game, in essence, is an extension of your run no game. Doubt. It is. And Anybody? I mean, there, I'm sure there's a Quan Cosby Jordan Shipley game that I'm and not I remembering. Say, yeah, you know what? Quan that block that he delivered. Lindy Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, I, mean, I, I bet during that time, if we really paid attention to it, and we didn't because the offense was so prolific, yeah. I bet probably Texas was the more physical team on the edges than Chris mm-hmm. Open. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. the point was, I can't remember the last time I saw Texas run wide receiver screens that were this effective yeah. in the game, where you're probably you're able man. to generate explosive plays through your through your wide receiver screen game. Probably OA. If we went and looked at it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we Jordan, go back and watch some of those games, we'll, we'll, is which is we'll a good one it. to compare to in like the last two times Texas yeah. ever scored forty five points against OU, oh eight and oh five. But yeah, Rod, yeah. you talk about Sam Ellinger, and you made a great point a few weeks ago that you know you got to harness this this unbridled nature that he plays with. Which he had, Sam had a great quote leading up to the game. You know, he was asked during the player availability last week. Uh, last Tuesday before the game on Saturday, he was asked, are you as much of a gunslinger now as you were a year ago? And he said he was. He said that's just who he is. That's always going to be a part of who he is. But the, as you pointed out, Rod, the staff's ability to channel that and harness that into something productive exactly. where they've taken that and said, you know what, Sam, you're our best short yardage and red zone runner. That's where we're just going to let you go be, as you say, Rod, bam, bam, Sam. And, yep. you know, Kenneth Murray said after the game, he's like, we knew what they were doing in the run game. They just couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop it. They That's the worst figured thing. it out a few times. Even on that goal line, you can tell they overload yeah. at one point uh, that right side because they know they're going to the they, that Texas is going to the right. I'll say Texas is right side. They're left, and Sam just reads it perfectly. That's he, the great thing so, about that. 
he's so good at that play and that concept that he even they don't check to the other side or anything. Nope, he's like, no, nah, we can run it and I can cut it back and I'm still good. It's, and, it's, I don't know. You people call it a quarter, as a quarterback stretch, as a quarterback power. Yeah, to me, it's it kind of more of a stretch play because you're yeah. almost reading the the hole where you got to be. You can be. go all the way outside if you want to. Right. Exactly. You can it's cut like it back. Sam read that the play where Oklahoma overloaded. overloaded. He read it perfectly. Hit the cutback lane and he pretty much walked in. In the day of where you play your reads as a quarterback instead of a run pass option, that's just like a stretch option if he wants to go and bust it out or yeah. if it's yeah. in the front. I mean, you're really like a tailback reading a stretch play. That's exactly what it is. That's why he slow plays it. He's just kind of... And that's the biggest thing is, say, the defense, if you know it's coming and And you can't start it. If they want to blitz it, then you can find a way, you know, to even cut it back even more. Or, yeah, exactly. You got got to depend on how the defense plays it is how you will decide to it. And then even if how you play it doesn't matter because the other team's out executing you, it's almost out. You just takes your will out. It's like when they rip your heart out in Temple of Doom. Like, you're out there and know what's coming and can't stop it. I love how you took the Temple of Doom, Rip Your Heart Out reference, rather than Mortal Kombat. I wasn't a big video game, but I always liked watching the video games. But, uh, man, that (laughs) that scene when you rip out. And then Dumb and Dumber sort of influences the heart rip out, too. (laughs) We did that to Stoops. We got Diaz to to Yeah, we'll get to the defense. Because we got to talk about the Texas defense, the good and the bad. But I want to talk about this offense. Yeah, you got to get on the offense. (sighs) Sam Sam deserves more credit than we give him. The fact he's got 163 pass attempts now without interception, hmm. longest streak in Texas football history. That is my favorite stat right now about Sam Ellinger. That shows the maturity. Just in the Maryland game, we were criticizing him in the late game critical mm-hmm. turnovers, and we've already seen that maturity in the last five games. That is the reason that they have won five straight. Yes. The mm-hmm. biggest reason they won five straight is that Sam Ellinger has one turnover in the last five games, and he's got 163 passes without interception. It's, that is it. As, as we said last week, it's not sexy, it's not flashy, it but it's pretty damn efficient, and it's effective. effective. Yep. And if you're efficient and effective, you can get a lot done on offense. All right, let's take our first time out on the show, but when we come back, it's more Texas OU Talk. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I want to stick with the offense uh, and, and talk about it from a couple of different levels. And I want to start with the physicality in the Oklahoma series. And, Rod, you were a part of some of those games in the early 2000s where offensively Texas got pretty much nothing done in this series. And when you look at it, and, and this speaks to Mike Stoops and kind of how the, the, the thing has shifted and it's shifted towards Texas being a more physical team. And I don't know where it went wrong for Oklahoma but just look at the numbers from 2000 to 2003, and you throw in the 2012 game. That was Mike Stoops' first game back in this series at Oklahoma when he got fired at Arizona, and Bob Stoops brought him back on staff at Oklahoma. These are good stats. If you look at the averages for those games, those five games again, 2000, 2001, 02, 03, and 2012, Texas averaging 240, 200, basically 241 yards a game, averaging on average about 3.9 yards a play. Matt, for an analytics guy, 3, 3.9 a play is not very not good. Not very good. Okay. Uh, rushing yards, 63.6 per game. Uh, it's about 2.4 yards a carry. 19 turnovers by Texas in those games. Wow. Eight total touchdowns. <laughs> They're 19 turnovers. Fast forward that to the five games before this one. These numbers are not including this year, 2013 to 2017. Yeah, yep. Not this year. Not not, not including not this updated. year. So this is the five before from 2013 to 2017. Yards per game for Texas goes up from 241 to 394. Yards per play goes up from 3.9 to 5.4. Matt, you know in yards per play, that's oh, yes. an astronomical difference. Well, and if anybody just think about per play, if you're over five per play, that's awesome. Rush yeah. rushing yards a game, you're going from about 264 to 207. Yeah, in context, 5.4 to 3.9, that's almost one and a half times the yards per play. Yards per carry, you're going from 2.4 to 4.3. Only five turnovers forced by the Oklahoma defense in that time. 16 total touchdowns for the Texas offense. So going into this game, it wasn't like this was a one-game deal. This has been five, five meetings going into this one where Texas has been the more physical team than Oklahoma and taking it to that Oklahoma defense. Yeah. And done it with... Not great quarterbacks. There's a Case McCoy game in there. 
There's a Gerard Hurd game in there. There's a Tyrone Swoops game in there. There's a whole era in there. This is during Texas' offensive identity crisis. Right. Probably the most dire Texas had in the history of its program in terms of offensive identity crisis. And yet they've been able to score on OU. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Stoops is. Yeah, that was long. We did you a favor, Oklahoma. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, and, and we did Bob you a we, we made there. it so obvious to everybody in the country that he needed to go. Right. Because other than that, it was just a sooner thing. Oh, no, you guys are overreacting. They're going to the college football playoff every year. They get, they're great. They're awesome. It's like, no, no, no. Actually, what's keeping them from winning the college football playoff is their defense. Was their defense. So I think we did them a favor. But you look, great you, offense. You look, yeah. at, you look at Texas right from a physicality standpoint, like we said, the, the box score doesn't represent the physicality advantage it Texas doesn't. had in this game because no. going into the fourth quarter, you could look at that game and say, man, te- Texas just – kind of like you looked at USC and TCU, man, Texas just kind of beat them down. They punked them. Texas yeah. is punking people. Yeah. I mean, it's just – I don't know any other way to say it. They're just punking and, people. And I think, <laughs> I think for this team, I think psychologically, when you look at the physicality they're playing with, especially offensively, I think for this team, this program, to beat TCU the way they did yeah. with Gary Patterson, he'll never admit it publicly, but basically waving the white flag in the fourth quarter. Put ta- Jason Garrett. Tap it out. Put you may, when you make, you make Gary Patterson <laughs> tap out, I think psychologically for this Texas team, they thought, hey, man, we, we, we're on to something here. And I think you had the – I think you had, that's a game where you had the team buy in totally because I agree with you on that one. That's when the team's like, oh, holy shit, it's working. Holy yeah. Chicago, yeah. it's work. Whatever, whatever coach has been telling us and we've been buying in, it's working. That's when you have the total buy-in from the team um, behind the burn orange curtain. Now you got the buy-in after Oklahoma from the fans, from the media. Now everybody's bought in. Now yeah. you do have the total buy-in. That hasn't happened in Tech. That's, that's what a signature win will do for you. Right. Now, the, the TCU win was a great win because you got now the guys to buy in. The signature win gets everybody to buy in that Okay, now there is progress. There won't be steps backwards, which means, which means you no longer play to your competition, which is something we've attributed to this team. Um, and I think, and rightfully so, they play to their competition, whether that be really good competition, top 10, play, uh, top 10 teams they're playing, or if they're playing a Maryland. So now, if this is the signature win, indeed, mm-hmm. you won't play to the level of Baylor. Right. You won't play to the level of Texas Tech. You know what I mean? You, or Kansas. You, or Kansas. You don't play to your level of competition. You play to a certain standard. So I said it's a signature win. I totally believe because I think everybody's now bought in total. Media, fans, even players, locker room, everybody. Boosters, donors, everybody. But now if you go back against this Baylor team and you don't, you play to your competition again, mm-hmm. I can't call it a signature win because that's just you doing what you usually do. You play really good against good teams, and you play bad and subpar against subpar teams. Yeah, and we were talking, I mean, all last year and up to this point, all about the idea of consistency, and we finally can sort of have some evidence that could support that this team may be consistent. Now, you still have to do what you just said, so now we need Texas to perform well against a bad team. That's why why the Baylor game is big to me. And that's why K-State was big, because even though K-State, the situation was tough, the team was a pretty bad team, and Texas went up 19 points in that game and as they went up in this one 21 points and when you get that in a ball game you separate yourself and if Texas can do that then you can afford the luxuries of a mistake here or there because that's also going to correct and come against Texas because Texas has been taking care of the ball and if you make good decisions that's still going to make you be set up to not turn it over but we know in football turnovers come and the great thing is is right now Texas is protecting the quarterback and the quarterback then has that extra play that a lot of other their opponents don't get and when Texas's defense is wreaking havoc upon the opponents and they don't have that type of X factor it really can be a telling thing now we saw in the Oklahoma game the Kyler Murray Murray was a guy that could answer the same elevator thing so he's afraid exactly he's, he's, he's an aberration let's be and honest that run, you don't it's got, you know unbelievable I mean? to see yeah. hell uh, Kyler Murray if you take out that run 10 rushes for 25 yards yeah, that's like, pretty pretty exa- good exactly for and three we, and a half quarters. and we talk about all the time that you know definition of a dual threat quarterback which is a guy that's first a quarterback, starting quarterback who's first or second on his team in rushing. He fit that definition, but he's on that Lamar Jackson Michael level, Vick. Michael Vick level of dual Robert threat Griffin, quarterback, yeah. RG3 kind of level. Yeah. It's like, well, 
hey man, if you can if you can force him and I'll see the two turnovers, let's be honest, that was the difference in the game. Oh yeah. yeah. We Has, do it right now based on just kind of the breakdown and everything. The difference in that game was Kyler Murray turning over twice and Sam Ellinger not turning over at all. Yep. That is the pretty much the difference in the game. Yeah. Texas And that's and that's attributed to Todd Orlando's defense. And Oklahoma in that game was put into a passing down situation and actually threw the ball only twice and one of those balls was picked. The other was a twelve yard reception, I believe. So you end up going look at that and then add exactly. on against TCU. In passing down situations, TCU passed 13 times against Texas. They were 2 of 13 for 30 yards on passing down situations. That shows how good your DBs and how good your pressure is because you don't want to do it whenever the, a play caller is able to get and beat the defense if you're passing on standard down situations. That's when you have success rate. It's in short and you go long. They aren't expecting it. Yeah. You can really tell the best defensive backfield statistically whenever you look at passing down situations and how well you perform. JT Daniels was a one guy. He was like 10 of 15, but it was a mediocre yardage and attempt. The dude has a pro arm and can fit it in small and he's windows. Got NFL wide receivers exactly. Too, so that's the only future. guy that's been successful against Texas, and in, no scoring plays have came from it. But just the idea that you faced Kyler Murray and TCU, the best two teams in the conference, arguably two of the best dual threat quarterbacks too. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. held them what three for six, three for fifteen. All right, break time on the show, but when we come back, we'll keep talking about this Texas win over Oklahoma and what it means for this program going forward. You're listening. The Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Perfect. Come on! We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. Ever wonder why Europeans seem to speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's award-winning technology gets you speaking right away, whether you're learning Spanish, French, or German. And best of all, you'll remember what you've learned. 
I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Using Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons, you can be speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. I was amazed that I could start having real life conversations right away. It was so fast. Now I'm speaking Spanish. Woohoo! <laughs> No wonder Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Try it for yourself and see why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational in a new language, like Spanish, French, or more. You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, or download the app to try it for free. That's Babbel.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Let's hold off some thoughts on the Texas defense for just a second. Okay. I want to get back to this offense because I, I I don't think we can talk enough about the offense. And I, I still don't think, guys, this offense is going to be elite by statistical standards or how people would measure an elite offense. But you have people have to be cognizant of the fact. Just forget the numbers for a second. Why is Texas so good on offense right now? Why Why did it come together? And I think it's really three things. I think, one, something we talked about, Sam Ellinger's maturity. His confidence and I, the confidence to me is, and I, Rod, to me that goes back to the USC game mm-hmm. when the coaches kind of said, "Hey, look, we know you, your completion percentage isn't going to be great, but we believe in you. You're our guy. We're going to let you take shots down the field. Just kind of hang in there." And I still think yep. this game included that. Still, to me, is the best game of this offensive staff since they've been here, going in with the plan, knowing what they wanted to do, and following through, and letting the plan develop, and then executing it. And we saw the end result. So I think Sam Ellinger's maturity, growth, confidence, and and effective he's playing with I think is one one prong to this three prong success of the offense two last year we got on the wide receivers for not being physical enough not not having it's a true. great football like you yeah and whether it's blocking in the run game finishing plays on with yards Catching after the, the catch balling in traffic they grew up quick scramble drill situations yeah. and maybe we talked about the route tree was not very expansive in the Oklahoma sure. game because it didn't need to be but maybe the the little Jordan Humphrey screenplay you can't take away from that but go back to that last drive and watch Devin Duvernay's route on his 18 yard on his 18-yard gain. He just runs kind of a little dig, kind of waits behind the linebacker, and as soon as Sam Ellinger breaks to his left to try to buy some time, you see Duvernay break out. He's wide open, clears out, and then boom, he catches it. It's 18 yards. Rod, this group doesn't make that play last year. So I think Mm -hmm. the growth and the fact that this wide receiver group is dominating at a level that we've expected them to do for a while around here, I think that's the the, the second part of it. And third part of it, now that I've been told by pretty reliable sources this is what happening. The fact that Tom Herman's calling plays and he's taking that thing over and oh. his voice is the loudest voice on offense. Thank because God. in the Oklahoma game, that it, had it Tom looks, Herman's fingerprints all over it. If you I'm look at his you. offenses yeah. through the years mm-hmm. and what they were doing at Houston between I mean in there it's because it's stuff like them running the base of the sample the same simple if I can get that out right zone plays and stretch plays but you're running them out of different formations you've got the same personnel group hey we're in 11 personnel we can show 20 we can show mm-hmm. you know empty backfield hey, you know we can do and let's give props because and, and sorry to interrupt you but I just want to add to your point they've now included Andrew Beck in the like the game plan like he's mm-hmm. caught in like three passes i want to say like, he's on he the had, field a lot three straight games he had like a that. huge play on the, on a third and long where he yeah. got you know well, 18, now, 18 now, yards well, now yeah. you you're not wasting personnel back in the day texas offense part of the offensive identity crisis as well you got you know five receivers out there, and one of them is not actually a receiver. Like yeah. nobody, he's not even a threat. Nobody even gives a damn. It's a wasted about him. player, a wasted player, irrelevant player. That's not the case in Tom Rizzo. When he sends Keontae Ingram out there on a uh, on a route, you better cover it. 
Because yeah. they, they could throw to Keontae Ingram. Same thing with Andrew Beck now going out and all the wide receivers. So it's I agree with you. It's simple things, but just getting Texas back into in terms of a tight end that is now a threat in the passing game, and I would like it to be Cade Brewer more, but hell, man, I'm not – Yeah, I, I, if I'm complaining about stuff like that, I'm like <laughs> where the Spurs were back in the day when hmm. they're complaining that they don't like George Hill yeah. uh, you know, handling the basketball. <laughs> like, oh, you're at that point where you're complaining about stupid stuff like that? You know what? You're, you're doing pretty something. damn good. Yeah. you got first-world problems. So I love that Andrew Beck is now involved. I think that's part of it too, man. You have more threats now. And they figured out a few concepts, and you pointed out you know, the power and – you know, uh, that like whatever that power stretch quarterback play is down on the goal line. Simple inside zone. Inside zone, uh, putting Lil' Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson on the same side, keeping Lil' Jordan Humphrey in the slot. I remember when we were debating whether Lil' Jordan Humphrey should be in the slot or not before the season started. Remember that? It was like, well, he's not ideal. He's not what we – he's not our, uh, p- our picture-perfect model of a slot receiver. And it's like, well, he's the best option that you have. And I think Tom Herman's figured out if you can't be with the one you love, just love your one you're with. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Like I can't I can't have the pro spread that I've visualized, that I've always, you know, in my mind, that I've always seen and I've always pictured. But you know what? I got Lil' Jordan Humphrey and I got Colin Johnson. And he's turned Lil' Jordan Humphrey into his James Casey, his Demarcus Ayers. And he's gotta do more of, we we said that before the Oklahoma game. You and I blue was like, we think they're underutilizing Lil' Jordan Humphrey, even still. He's having a great day. And year, we both but, said, Man, we see that Wildcat package. We haven't seen it in a while. I wonder if they're gonna break that boom. out. Boom. That's how I know Tom Herman's calling the plays, because he's thinking like us. <laughs> great <laughs> Yeah, but it's yeah. Com- like you said. It's sorry, man. But like you said, right? It's common sense stuff. He's it's not like almost you're, seven yards a carry. It's not like you're thinking that far outside the box. But again, and Herb Hands did a great job with this offensive line in terms yes. of hey, yeah. look, we're not. I don't want us to kind of know how to do ten different things. These are two or three simple ways we're going to block plays, That's and we're going to get really good at doing it these one or two ways. Yeah, yeah. And like y'all brought up Beck's involvement. He was a guy targeted only eight times the first four games, nine targets the last two games, Ooh, which is really big. Yeah, he's caught seven of them also, and even got about half of his yardage on the season in the last two. But in addition to that, you talked about you know how getting value out of a position like the tight end, which used to be say a wasted spot. So it then th- think about when you add on top of that when you used to maybe not have the quarterback that extends the play or even on certain plays that Ellinger rolls yeah. what any other quarterback in all the NFL has faked a handoff, roll off, and runs himself out of the play for no reason other than now it's going to be 10 on 11. That's a receiver now that LJ Humphrey hits once or twice a game Way because back. it just leaks out to where the defense's aggressiveness is against it. It basically turns it into a run-pass option. Okay. And now you got Sam White open running against DBs, and oddly, he's going to plow you over because he's got 20 pounds on the rest of the DBs he will see the entire season. Texas yeah. just ran the table against the four toughest games. You know, like yeah. Maryland Tulsa were like, oh my God, loss. Oh my God, a one score game. And then now we face the toughest teams. Like, wow, they just went through that stretch. Yeah. That's really impressive. And, and, and to your point, and one of the things I think they did is simplistically brilliant on offense. Just identify your playmakers and force feed them the football. On your few potent plays that they can't stop. And they're doing it's like that. The Belichickian model, the Doug really Peterson is, model, the Henry model. We, we know Keontae Ingram. We know what he is. All right. So he got more carries in Oklahoma game than he's got in any other game. I like that. Still average over six yards a carry. So that's 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 playing he out. Healthy. Dr- he looked he looked healthier. I don't even know if he's healthy. I think healthier. That's why he's that's just why improving. Scary. He's just going to get better. Lil Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, they're force feeding him the football. They're in one on one situations. Oh, we got to we got to get those guys the ball. Uh, you know, Sam Ellinger, let him be Bam Bam Sam. Let him run downhill in between the tackles. Fourteen design runs for Oklahoma. Just figure out the four or five things that you are really good at. And identify the couple of X-Men qualities of the players you have and go, all right, let's put them in that position more often. Let's put Lil Jordan Humphrey in the slot more often. Let's put Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey on the same side more often. Let's, let's run Sam Ellinger in between the tackles a little more often. Give Keontae Ingram the ball a little more often. Like, it really, it, should, it, ain't, it ain't that hard. I think they just, I think they've actually kind of gone back to kind of the basics. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is what, what we they, do well. They have perfect- and like you said, it ain't, it ain't 20 things. I don't even know if it's 10 things. Yeah. I think it might be like eight concepts that they do really well passing and running. They're like, you know what? 
Screw it. And talk to any NFL coach. Play and the see, hits. You used Play to be, hits. It used to be <laughs> memorize a 300-page book. Now you'll hear people like McVeigh say, we have about eight plays and about eight variations of each eight plays, and we play those eight plays. Exactly and then right. they don't know what's coming because they think yeah. it's the same thing, and they saw this on film. Now they do this. And just to add on to your point about LJ and Colin, coming into the game, yards per target. You have Colin on the year right now, 9.4 yards per target. LJ Humphrey, 11.1 yards per target against Oklahoma. What was it? Colin Johnson finished the game 10.1 yards per target. LJ Humphrey, 12.1 yards per target. Just slightly above their exactly. season averages, which yeah. is a first time down every time you throw them the ball. To your point, Rod, about just identifying when you can get your playmakers the ball, they took what Oklahoma gave them, which, and I don't know why Oklahoma never adjusted, but wow. I talked to Colin Johnson about it after the game. Leverage. I said, man, they were outside leveraging you guys the whole game. Like they were scared to give up the Crazy. ball down the sideline. Like and he's like, got, he's yes. like, yeah, I mean, we just took the slants and the end stuff all afternoon. Because they I, gave it to I, him. Honestly, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It kind of goes against kind of basic football. And I know he's like, well, you don't want Con Johnson to beat you on the outs, beat you over the top, and on that side. Like, but yeah. on third and three, uh, exactly. I'm like, well, it's <laughs> like, situations. Yeah. If it's third and three, I'm not gonna give a six six guy the inside cut, the like, yeah, inside three. leverage. That makes no sense. And it's like, well, well Texas decided, you know what? This is, well, they're going to give it to us. Let's mm-hmm. just take it. Mm-hmm. We don't run a lot of inside slants and cuts. And you know what? I bet in that game, at Pro Football Focus actually uh, did the numbers with Sam. His numbers throwing inside were probably as, as as good as they've been all year long. I bet Texas ran more inside cuts and uh, slants and, and skinny posts in a game they've ran in any other game. That, this was, year. that was pretty much the route tree rod. It was yeah. it was the, it was a slant, a dig, and a post. That, that was pretty much it. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't need to run anything else. They, and they haven't been running inside cuts. I remember KD complaining about it on their show. They don't run up inside cuts. That game, they decided, you know what, if this is what you're going to give us, hell, we'll take it all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. And we were talking just the last few weeks how we loved seeing Colin and LJ and how they're able to manipulate the coverage or at least get identified and help Sam with the read so it gets simplified. And then what happened this week? Oh, you added in the one thing we've been talking about is leaking Trey Watson out and having him be a guy running the wheel or just getting him out of the backfield because once you occupy that safety, nobody's there in the flat. And Trey Watson, huge plays. Pro. Pro football focus numbers on Sam Ellinger passing to the middle of the field. This is inside the hashes. Uh, 20 yards down the field, middle of the field. He's one-on-one, 15 yards, one touchdown. Uh, 10 to 19 yards, middle of the field, inside the hashes. He was 4 of 6 for 75 yards. And from 0 to 9 yards up the line of scrimmage, he was 11 of 11 for 136 yards. So it was just they they let all the inside cuts go. And it was like, what? Yeah. Y'all going to give us the inside. We're going to take the inside. And I think they thought Sam would, like, that he would they, they he'd throw picks in there. He'd be inaccurate throwing inside, and they'd have a chance to make plays on the ball. But he hasn't been inaccurate. He hasn't been careful with the football. Because that's what you was, want as a defense, to force him into those situations. Exactly. But that's also when you're in hope-based. You aren't – you're basically yeah. praying for a mistake instead of trying to beat him so at take, that point. So they're taking away the speed uh, nine route for Devin DuVernay and the the long nine route for Colin Johnson at 6'6 on the sideline and low Jordan Humphrey at 6'4, but then letting you have the inside cuts and it's like – I don't I don't know if that was necessarily a a better game plan going in. I, I said it was you like I mean? one, it was like one of those it was like one of those Rocky movies where Rocky in the fight just drops his gloves and is letting just Clubber Lang or Apollo Creed just tag him for <laughs> a round or two. It's like stop, man, defend yourself. Yeah, that's put, true. Put your hand, put your yeah, exactly. I would have had my I would have rather have my Stoops safeties do that. I'd rather have my safeties over the top, getting there late to the last minute. And then have to, have Sam have to make that perfect throw outside shoulder NFL throw, you know what I mean, on the outside shoulder, you know, which I know Colin Johnson and Lojo Humphrey can make, rather than just giving them those easy inside yards, man. I'm sorry, I just the, that the death of a thousand cuts yeah. as a deep coordinator, I couldn't do it. Well, um, you get the you know ball I mean? to your playmaker quicker in that time, so the defense yeah. isn't necessary. I mean, if you make the right reads, you That's can why really exploit it. That's why it's gone. So who's not gone is Todd Orlando, and we got to talk about this defense because for three quarters of this game, Todd Orlando kind of outdueled Lincoln Riley. Now that first drive, and I don't know if there were a lot of people at Horse 24-7 on the flagship message board that thought, ah, defense is going to get run out of the building. What is Todd Orlando doing? They're unprepared. But, man, that opening script Lincoln Riley had, guys, when, 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 when Oklahoma was clicking on offense, I – 
I can't imagine there's a defense in the country that can stop. And I'll, I'll throw Alabama and Georgia. Well, we saw Georgia last year couldn't mm. stop them when they were clicking. I, I don't know if there's anybody in the country that can stop Oklahoma when they're on their game. No, I did. It looked it looked like uh, when Kansas City's clicking in the league. Like it looked. It, oh. it was just. It was what do you do? This Texas fans everything. Post traumatic <laughs> stress though, because Texas fans are used to seeing that. Like say from the past decade, I have flashbacks of those opening series to, against Bradford or Landry Jones and Demarco yeah. Murray, and it's like, oh no, oh no, it's they're just going to obliterate you and then that's been the cool thing that we've seen and we talked about Orlando and not worrying yeah. more so about the first drive it's a good sign if your team by the end of the game always seems to give up big yardage and it has a bad first quarter and then shuts a the team down it's like give me that model every single day and yeah. it means a coach knows what he's doing what he's seeing and adjusting on the fly that we talk about performing in the chaos and that's another thing y'all brought up Herman on the offensive side how big it is to have a guy that is comfortable mm-hmm. in the chaos no game is going to put a pressure on a coordinator more than Texas OU in Texas history and we've seen it go both ways for different guys and that's why it was cool for a Texas fan to actually see it happen to Bob Stoops' brother to Stoops' defense instead of what the Stoops' defense did to Texas. All right, that's going to conclude our conversation about the Texas win over Oklahoma. It's time to turn the page and look at Baylor. We'll look at the Bears, the Longhorns, and get predictions when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247com Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. You know, you look at this Baylor team, guys, they're they're a four-win team. It's hard to believe that as bad as they were last year, they're two wins away from being bowl eligible. Matt Rule's a hell of a coach. He is. uh, When you look at this game, the the good is, going back to last year, I thought this offensive staff at Baylor did a hell of a job by saying, you know what, the plan we came in with isn't really working. We need to be kind of more wide open, be more of what this team was under our brows, and even that last year with Jim Grove and Kendall Can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. And they've been more (laughs) wide open. The thing that I don't understand is why Matt Rule keeps kind of rotating quarterbacks, why he doesn't just stick with Charlie Brewer, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't know why they're yeah. they're continuing to rotate quarterbacks, but that's, that's to, to each his own, I guess. But Charlie Brewer, look, we saw him here, at Lake Travis. Everybody around the Austin area knows what kind of guy this kid is. Tom Herman said he's you know really really special. He's got that kind of he's ability, got that it quality. So my I, mom taught him in second and, grade. And man, I mean, nice. And man, I mean, Baker Mayfield's kind of changed the way now everybody. Like Garrett Gilbert gave a negative connotation the way people thought about Lake Travis quarterbacks, but Baker Mayfield's going a long way to kind of change that because you look at Agreed. you know Charlie Brewer and now Hudson Card and, and, yeah. and Matthew Baldwin's at Ohio State. So, Michael Brewer. Yeah, so we're we're kind of thinking differently about these Lake Travis quarterbacks now but Baylor when you look at their skill talent rod between the two running backs with Ebner and Hasty with Denzel Mims and Jalen Hurley on the outside you throw in a, a burner and Chris Platt their offensive skill talent it's on par with about anybody in the conference. They got uh, they got three guys that will probably play in the league that playing wide receiver for them. And I love their those, I love their two backs. I love their two. Yeah, backs. and the skill positions I should say overall. Not just yeah, it's one of those rosters where their starters are good Power Five conference starters, but yeah. it's the depth that they that. Thank you, Matt, because that's where I was going to go. Because man, they've still got issues. They've had a lot of injuries in the secondary, which is why that group is probably the weak link right now. They don't their defensive line. Ira Lewis. They've got some guys that have played some football, but they don't. Have have a guy like they had there's not an Oakman a Billings a, a Jamal Palmer there's not one of those guys on their defensive line and if they have an injury on the offensive line they have no depth yeah, in the trenches well. and depth across the board really Matt as you said you know with the with the recruiting class they had with the when Art Browns got fired that class kind of mm-hmm. scattered everywhere Texas still has a few of those guys on the roster that they mm-hmm. put in with Devin DuVernay and Patrick Hudson JP Urquidez Donovan DuVernay uh, so that class kind of scattered that killed your depth yeah and you've been kind of having to play young guys Th- this Baylor team kind of reminds me of one of those early Charlie Strong teams, like a 2014-2015 Charlie Strong team, in terms of you'll see them have stretches where they're like, hey, man, they're putting it together. And then they'll have a fumble or an interception or a breakdown, and mm-hmm. then it's like the damn breaks, and it's yeah. like, oh, it hell, was those, it uh, the Char- those Charlie Brown uh, yeah. years of Texas football was yeah. half Mac Brown, half Charlie Strong, guys. I agree with you. I think it'll be a great test for the skill position, defensively, for the skill position guys on the outside for Texas, because speed-wise, Baylor, Baylor matches up in the Big 12 speed-wise. Yeah. In the trenches, as you guys said, depth-wise, they just don't have the big bodies yet, and they haven't, they haven't been have a chance to recruit them. I think that's what Texas has their biggest advantage. In in the in the trenches at the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively, yeah. 
Um, I think skill position wise, you know, May- Baylor can, you know, they got some guys on the outside of Texas defensive back can have issues with. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State manhandled them. Oklahoma, I should say, excuse me, exactly. manhandled them in the trenches. Because I think, oh, exactly. I think that's how you beat this Baylor team. Don't even, don't even, you don't want to get in a track meet with them because that's what they would like because they, they don't, they haven't, they have not advantage there, but that's where they're at their, str- their strength. I think you attack them at their weakest. That's the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and another just comical note from the Butch Jones era. I remember when Alvin Kamara was not on the field because Jalen Hurts. Was the focus yeah. of that Tennessee Remember offense? That. That's a good point, man. He's a, lots of transfers. I love that dude. He's oh. he's a great athlete. So Baylor's coming. Baylor's coming off of a win uh, against Kansas State, but they're about to. Baylor's about to hit. This is officially starts kind of their hellacious run where their season could go one way or the other. They're at Texas. Uh, they've yeah. got a bye week. Then they're at West Virginia. They play mm. Oklahoma State. Mm. So yeah, they've got some some burners coming up. And then yeah. you really this is their run. It really started with Oklahoma and then Kansas State, Texas, West Virginia. And yeah, remember, we were pointing this out of the during the offseason how Texas had that advantageous situation where the rest of the Big Twelve may appear yeah. to be good, but then they're going to be backloaded. And yeah, it's like those West years Virginia. where Texas Tech yeah. went seven and zero, like in two thousand and thirteen, and then they finished seven and five because you play Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, all those yeah. in a row, and that's literally how the schedule played out this year. And we may be seeing that unfold too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and Matt, you, for Texas? Matt, you mentioned it earlier. We'll talk big picture next week, but Texas has gotten through the quote unquote hard part of the oh, schedule. Man. We look at that run with yeah. USC, TCU, USC, TCU, K-State, Oklahoma. I mean, we were thinking, and if they're 3-3, three and three, they're still in pretty good two. shape. If they're 4-2, they're great. Yeah. They're 5-1 five and, one five and, one. and went undefeated through that stretch. Like I said, now we're thinking big picture, but Rod, as you said, that's why this Baylor game is huge because you can't throw that all away if you go and yeah. lose to Baylor. This is it. Uh, so as we get into predictions, we talked about the skill talent Baylor has. I just think this is a game where Baylor's going to be overwhelmed in the trenches. Matt, what's the line on this game? Uh, it's right actually it's thir- plummeting. Texas at yeah. 13? I'm started? pulling it up right now. It's 14. It started okay. at 17. Oh, 17? And then it dropped. Look at this. It, I mean, there's been a lot of line movement. It looks mm. like at uh, 2 a.m. on the 8th, it dropped down to 16 to 15 and a half. That's a big line. And then it dropped down <laughs> yeah. dropped down to 14 uh, at about 7 o'clock last night. So it's plummeting. Big money took Baylor plus 17 all the way down to 14 yeah, right now. So if you can wait, wait for that to maybe get wait. to 13 and there a half. You go. But it's at about the dangerous point that I don't that, think it's going to move much. It, it, I think Jeff makes the best point about sex offense. It ain't meant to be prolific and blow people out. Like oh, that's no. not its intention. That's not how why it was constructed and how it was constructed. So even when they beat teams in a dominant fashion, hell, it's only going to be by like you know, 20 points at best. Yeah, yeah Texas you know had been I mean? under back-to-back games in Oklahoma. Game was the first game that it went over in a few weeks. Yeah. And you look at Texas Baylor. Baylor being a team that likes to run, trying to it's shorten the game, shorten it the definitely game. doesn't play out as well to cover. I, I, I woke I woke up uh, this morning actually feeling like 14 was a good a good yeah. margin for Texas in this game. Um, I do think the defense is going to give up some points because I just think they're going to be fatigued after yeah, that Oklahoma man. game. So I think Texas wins this game. I, I think they'll be able to score against Baylor particularly I, I think this could be the best rushing yardage game for this offense in a while I'd, I'd actually be disappointed if it wasn't considering the advantage yeah. Texas has in the trenches with the ability to wear Baylor down I'll take Texas to win this game something like 38-24 you're spot on man the over mm. under is 61 and a half and the spreads 14 you added it up at 62 like your mind did exactly what Vegas has yeah. been playing that's kind of what I was thinking I'll and take I, had, them, I had no idea on the line yeah, or the over under I'll take them 34 to 20 um, something like that. So yeah, we're kind I'm of in still the marveling at Jeff. Right? Like he, that's yeah. a Rain Man type thing to hit that. Like to hit over under when you don't even care on it. No, Texas is over under last week was sixty. So yeah, I think it's the same situation. But Texas actually barely covers like thirty eight twenty one. All right, we'll see if Texas can get to. Texas can be bowl eligible before the bye week. It'd wow. be six and one. And next week, I guess if they're six and one, we're gonna have to start talking about not just the big picture, but the big picture man if you know what i mean yeah that's that's kind of crazy to think about but it yeah, is it is it is it's, it's pretty wild but hopefully we can do it next week on no the blitz matt thanks for everything oh man. you are more than welcome rod b appreciate the time and the knowledge anytime brother anytime for matt for rod for everybody at the austin radio network and the horn 1049 am twelve sixty. always on the horn app and at hornfm.com where you can hear rod b each and every weekday on the rodcast from one to three shameless plug and thanks to matt you can get us on apple Podcasts, google play anywhere you get your podcasts and always find our archives on the longhorn blitz 
SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit...